Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. And happy Saturday, and welcome to the, to the Audacity to Shine with Coach Falanda Show here on the Life Coach Radio Network. I am Falanda Johnson, your Master Purpose Coach, Audacity Stylist, and Host, and I am so thrilled to have you tuning in to our show today. I am so thrilled to have Sarad Davenport. Sarad, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I hear you perfectly. Um, to our listeners, I am so thrilled, so excited to have Sarad Davenport here on today's show. I have known Sarad, I think, for over 10 years now, and he is an incredible person, an incredible man, and I'm so excited to have him here on our show today that is entitled Faith Works. For Folks who are tuning in, our mission here at the Audacity to Shine with Coach Falanda Show is to provide a biweekly space of inspiration for people who desire to live more creatively, playfully, and wholeheartedly. And so my hope and goal with our topic today, all about the power and the importance of faith, my hope is that our listeners will be able to get some sort of strategy, some sort of idea that will support them on their walk to being the very best version of themselves. So, Rad, before we jump into our, our, our conversation today that I'm so excited about, I would love for you to just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and the incredible work that you do. Yes. Um, well, I'll say, first of all, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, um, family man. Um, I also have the privilege of leading a congregation in um, in Esmont, Virginia, which is right outside of Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, I also um, direct the uh, Charlottesville Promise Neighborhood. So I'm working uh, also in communities, um, uh, under-resourced communities, working with young people who were 
just like myself growing up, um, helping them get the support they need so that they can be successful in school, work, and life. So I know that, you know, sounds pretty, um, uh, you know, tight, but that's that's pretty much my life, family, um, <laughs> faith, and, and, and work. Yes, yes. And so I I know that is absolutely who you are. And so when thinking about this topic and, and having this show, I knew that you were the perfect person, Sarad, to talk about what it means to exist and live by faith in one's personal life and professional life. Um, and like I shared, I have known Sarad um, for uh, almost eight years, uh, I'm staying corrected, because we first met each other um, because we were both educators in Washington, D.C. and Southeast. And so I've had the privilege of working alongside Sarad. And so, again, Sarad, thank you so much for accepting mm-hmm. my invitation on today's show. Are you ready to jump on in? Yeah, I want to jump on in, but first I want to, uh, you know, commend you for your modesty because uh, you were a leader and a mentor of mine and a coach of mine when I was in D.C. Uh, taking up the educate, education profession. And I think your your listeners should know that. Thank you, boo. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Faith Works is our topic today, and. I know our listeners hear me say I'm excited about every single topic and every single guest because I am, but faith is so important to me. And Sarat, I know faith is so important to you. What, what, how would you define faith in your own words? Well, when I think of faith, uh, you know, I come from the framework, you know, biblically, and I, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. But in my own words, I. I I believe that faith is really a sense of confidence that um, no matter what it looks like, um, no matter what situation I'm currently in, um, that that God is working it out for my good in the end. And I need to um, walk or we need to walk in the confidence of what is going to be and not necessarily what is right now. And um, and having that confidence that that it's going to work out for my good and things that you know I may be going through um, are not for my harm but they are um, for my good that 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 we may prosper. So um, that's what I that's what I, I believe faith to be. I think and and also not just in adversity but also um, when we take on challenges and we try to better ourselves. Uh, we have to have faith and confidence that we are going to accomplish um, the task um, that is before us and has been assigned to us. So we um, have to have confidence in those uh, places also. So that's that's faith to me and knowing that, you know, um, I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. It may not be, you know, how it may not be necessarily how I thought I would be victorious, but in mm-hmm. the end we, we are going to win. Yes. What do you, what would you say has been your biggest lessons learned as it relates to the power of faith in your own personal and professional life? Um, my biggest lesson learned, and I'll, I always say this, is uh, personal uh, reflection is the most powerful um, 
thing that a believer can do. Um, and I think you know me. I, I think I can be self-reflective almost to a fault, but I think that in order to really activate your faith, we really have to um, spend time, um, you know, really reflecting and 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 thinking about our purpose on a constant mm. basis so that, you know, we are not, um, you know, leaning to our own understanding and that, you know, we're acknowledging, you know, God so that, you know, he can direct our path. And I think that then we can walk in confidence when we um, are uh, more certain, not necessarily in sight, but in our own hearts about the direction that we're going into. So I think self-reflection is, is important for the person who wants to be a person that is um, a person of faith and and faithful over the task and the assignment that is that has been given to them for their life, um, to really be intentional about taking time away um, mm-hmm. to be with God and to um, and to reflect and then um, return back to the task um, very centered and purposeful. You brought up something so powerful, Sarah. I, I feel as though I have learned so much, especially recently, of the importance of having that intimacy with God and that relationship with God and making sure that you take the time out to really step out, pause, tune out from the world and all things that are happening so that you can mm-hmm. reconnect it back to your power source so that you have clarity about your purpose and clarity about your steps moving forward. And I think that's a powerful thing that you just pinpointed. And I think I see as a as a personal call to action something that I try to do every day that I think is, is incredibly transformational to other people is to just as much as we make time for other people and to do all the other things that we believe is so important to us, the most important thing to do is making sure we're allocating and creating time to sustain and maintain that intimacy with God so that, Mm -hmm. A, our faith can be increased and so that we have clarity about how we should move about in in the world. Um, I know Mm -hmm. your story, and I know that um, God has had his hand on your life in so many ways. Um, Tell our listeners just about how you have overcame adversity um, in order to, to, to reach the level of success you are currently experiencing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I know everybody, you know, once they achieve some level of success, sometimes talk about they, you know, have this big uh, overcoming story and um, – mm-hmm. And uh, but I think I think I do have an authentic one. Um, you know, I grew up. Um, I guess my formative years were really like in the mid to early '90s, the mid '90s. Um, in our town, where I grew up in, in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, we just got a wave of. Um, it was the you know the crack cocaine epidemic, and um, uh, there was a lot of incarceration and. Um, and I certainly that those things certainly affected my family, you know, directly, um, you know, with uh, friends, family members um, being, you know, kind of caught up in the criminal justice system. I had some family members who were caught up in substance abuse, so there was a lot of 
things that were broken around me. Um, my mother was certainly strong in, in the process, and I, and I think that, you know, that was, you know, part of what kept me focused along the way with all of the other distractions. Um, but I was able to, I, you know, I, I, I consider it an escape. You know, I was able to, um, to, to go to college. So um, I wasn't really sure about uh, if I was even college material, uh, mm. even, you know, once I got there. So, um, it, and, I, and I got there, and then I, I recognized that, you know what, actually I'm, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think being in certain surroundings where it's just, you know, unsafe all the time and there's stress and there's, there's um, turmoil in the community in which you live, um, that can kind of, you know, uh, reinforce the belief that people that come from where you come from, uh, mm-hmm. They don't do well in life, so um, you know I I um, I would say that was one thing that um, I realized probably not until I was about twenty years old that um, uh, that you know what I'm, I'm I'm okay you know I've, I've had some circumstances mm-hmm. but many of those circumstances that that you know people grow up in are you know systemic forces and they're not. Um, it's not a reflection of their individual ability or their character, mm-hmm. but it's a reflection of, you know, um, institutional and systemic forces that make it difficult for some communities. So um, I, I began to recognize that fact and um, adjust my, my perspective and my lens. And, you know, and I was able to – one other thing is that really changed my life is um, I was able to go to Europe when my, my summer of my first year – of college, I went to I went to Europe during the summer. Um, I went to The Hague. I went to Belgium. I went to Amsterdam, Rotterdam, um, for the summer, and um, that really changed my life. You know, because I was just I was a, just a little boy from the project. You know, and mm-hmm. um, I met some friends in college, and they said, "You want to come to Europe for the summer?" And I and I did that um, first time on a plane. So wow! It just up, yeah, it opened up a whole new world for me. Um, it really um, challenged my faith in a lot of ways just because of uh, the the need to um, depend on a power and a source that was greater than myself. Um, <laughs> and anybody that's ever been in a plane <laughs> for the first time. That's then, faith in action. <laughs> that is faith. Right. Yes. yes. So, um, but those are things. I, I mean, I, I had my encounter. I, I grew up, you know, I was baptized at a young age, you know. So mm-hmm. I was in the church, but I didn't have my transformation, you know. Mm. I didn't need God for myself until I was um, I was in my uh, mid, uh, I would say early 20s. So early 20s is when I, when I really, um, you know, got, got hit with, not only uh, a, a transformation internally, but also mm. an assignment came came really really thereafter. Um, what was that assignment? You know, I, so my assignment was very clearly. I knew that I was called to um, to preach, but not only to mm-hmm. preach. It was a devil assignment, but also to teach. Um, and I, I was I was so um, out of my mind. I was I was in the technology field even before I got into the education field. I did educational technology, um, and I always volunteered as someone 
um, that help young people. And then, you know, I got this call, and it shifted my whole life. And I, um, I was in, I was in the computer lab, doing educational technology in this computer lab where I worked at for this organization. And I spent the whole day just paralyzed, and I cried the whole day. And it wasn't, mm. it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a bad cry. It was a cry. It was a breakthrough that, cry. Clarity cry. It was a breakthrough <laughs> cry. It was an assi- yes. it was an assignment cry. It was finally yes. I was going to I was accepting the assignment that was on my life. I finally yes. said I surrender. I surrender. You know, all of my life I felt like I have been um you know, sometimes we can get caught up into the ideas of what it means to be successful. And then mm-hmm. forget about what it means to be a servant, and mm. and, I, and I I got I got rid of my need to be successful, and mm-hmm. then I paid attention and to my to my assignment to serve, and um and that's when things uh, really changed for me. Um, I started you know working in church. I took a job in um, a middle school. I was doing. Um, Intervention for middle school students, um, academically, behaviorally, and um, and I, it was it, it was it was so um, it felt so natural, and you know I was gifted at reaching young people, particularly those who were rough around the edges, like I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and then it kind of went from there, and then the next thing you know I was in D.C. Um, working with you and um, yes. changing working to change lives and families' lives there for the long term. So, um, I mean, that's that's a short, that's probably a third of the story, but there was that key transformational moment that yeah. made me understand that, um, that it was time for me to make that shift and to walk in purpose of, you know, helping people. What you said is so powerful, Sarad, and and I I have felt as though I've had those moments too when God has made um his purpose for my life um aware to me and I've I've mm-hmm. recently have termed that and, and God has given me the inspiration to term that um as our master purpose. And so mm-hmm. I feel like and I and I feel like you 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 kind of illuminated this in your story. What I love many scriptures but a scripture that really sticks out to me is Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good mm-hmm. things he planned for us long ago. And so mm-hmm. I was really, um, you know, uh, meditating on that scripture. And what God brought to my awareness is, you know, at times we grapple with, um, you know, the, the pictures of potential that God gives us because we're still working to understand that we are, in fact, his masterpiece. And so when Mm -hmm. we begin to understand that we are um, the product of his beautiful workmanship, that we are masterpieces and we have a purpose, put those together, we have a master purpose in life to do something amazing, incredible, and not just some of us, but all of us have that in us if we're able to Mm -hmm. have that intimacy with God and tap into that and have the willingness to to walk in that. There's so much power there. And I think what what you spoke about is 
in that 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 clarity cry, which I love. I've had those moments too. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, do you really want? Is that really you, Jesus, telling me to do that? Yeah. I don't know, Lord. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> but um, those moments are so powerful when you feel so connected to God and what He has called you on on, on Earth to do. And you know, our stories are very similar in a sense of we've been through things and. I often think back around like how God's hand has been on my life and how the challenges that he's allowed me to experience were on purpose so that that mm-hmm. testimony would be in my spirit, that testimony would be something that I can then um, inspire, use to inspire other people as they seek to find and live out their master purpose. Um, and so mm-hmm. I, I just love that story and how you illuminated um, that for us. I think your experience, your story is awesome. Not not only are you a servant of God and, and you have a church that you pastor, you are a great daddy, an awesome husband, you are an author, you um, are a scholar, you are an entrepreneur, you do tons of different things. Um how do you overcome fear when um, doing all those things that I've just described that you've done? How do you navigate fear? Yeah, uh, fear is um, is something that, that is real. Um, but I try to always uh, juxtapose, juxtapose, um, juxtapose um, fear with faith, and, mm-hmm. and I and I try to like when I see myself becoming fearful um, in a moment where I should be courageous. That is when you know I am okay with falling on my knees. Right, mm. you know, like so. If I will remain fearful, if I decide to operate in my own strength, yes, you know, mm-hmm. and and what I've learned is that oftentimes those things which um, challenge me to um, be less fearful are the places where God wants me to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I've learned to, to see those moments and to embrace those moments more and to depend on God more in those moments um, very intentionally because I understand that it is often the case that God puts us in places where we are not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And 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 um and and I just have recognized that discomfort is often where God wants us to be, such that first of all we can depend because people who are accomplished, you know, I'm generally accomplished in a lot of places, but sometimes we can come to depend on our own intelligence, our own strength, mm-hmm. our own, and then it's often the case that God has to put us in the place that we recognize that we still have to be dependent on God such that we can continue to grow because none of us have arrived. And um, 
And so um, I embraced those those moments. But you know, to be honest and to be you know to be real, um, we do encounter those those moments where we where our our faith is tested. But you know, I'm reminded that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but He mm-hmm. gave us the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and of a sound mind. So I, I have to always consider the fact that God wants me to be have confidence and be powerful in situations, to love people, understanding that love is the most powerful force in the universe, and to understand that I need to be level-headed uh, in the midst of chaos that's happening around me. Um, I have to have a sound mind, and I have to be able to, you know, act according to the spirit, even in the midst of chaos. Mm. I love that, Sarad. So for people who are listening in, and I, I'm thinking particularly of, you know, a, a a black man, a man of color, someone like you who has, um, who would say that they've had, you know, a similar life, uh, grow, uh, you know, childhood as you, what advice mm-hmm. would you give that man who is seeking to grow in his own faith so that he might impact his family and his community to the next level. I got you. So there's 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 three things I stand on. Um and I tell people this all the time. Um and I try to stay keep my focus here. Um so the first thing is that in uh you know Matthew six thirty three it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness mm-hmm. and all these things shall be added unto you. I think that we often have the case in this, it's often the case in this society that we uh, seek to um, acquire things. And we we seek to acquire things and, and use them as measurement for our success. Even when we grew up in, you know, communities that were rough, you know, the, the people who were celebrated were those ones who could, um, present those things that they had acquired by whatever means. And and so shifting that to understand that if I make God my priority, if I seek God and, and I seek his righteousness and his ways, then not only will I have um, a moral and ethical um, uh, behavior, but I will um, not only will I, will I be able to um, have character, but also I can have these things also, but my priority is not fixed on the things. My priorities are fixed on on God, who is um, uh, the provider and the creator of all things. And if I'm connected with the creator, then, you know, he has the, the propensity to to um, to give to those who are connected to him. And things mm-hmm. go through. So, so that's one thing. The other thing is, um, I always say, be faithful over a few things. I mean, you might not have a lot of responsibilities. You may not have a lot of um, authority. You might, you, you may not have a lot of influence. But those very things that you have influence over, um, we have to be fruitful where we are, and we have to be faithful over the things that we have been given um, uh, influence over. Like, even if it's small, 
even if it's yourself. And I learned this from you, Philanda. We have to model what we'd like to see. We have to be, <laughs> we have to be the change. And, 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 and if being the change is where we start, then when we're able to, to, to master those areas that we do have influence over, then other areas, other um, territories will be um, given to us. Our territory will be enlarged by our capacity to handle what we have right now. So to say that in a nutshell, I would tell, I would tell these young men, I, I would say work with what you, what you got. Do mm-hmm. that well. You will be noticed if you do what you got well and seek God. Don't seek things. Seek God and let God guide you, um, and, and 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 don't be ashamed of that. And then, um, you know, don't get ahead of yourself. Lean not to your own understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. So those those are the three things that I stand on, and they're they're um, you know, central principles that I try to follow in, in my life. Like, you know, if I'm given a task, I want to make sure that I do it to, to the best of my ability. I want to make sure that my focus is not on um, not just on the end, but my focus is on the process. I want to. I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I'm not leaning. I'm. I, I'm not. I want to make sure that I'm humble and I'm able to learn from others. Because if I always project that I know everything, then it, I won't be in a posture of learning. And people that do have things that they could give me won't give it to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so being in a position to to a posture of learning uh, um, from God and, and from others and, and, and discipline and being, in, you know, and being disciplined. I think, you know, those are the things I will offer. I, and I, I, I believe deep in my heart that, you know, those things will um, transform a person's life. I would, I may mm-hmm. sprinkle a little more reading, you know, doing, doing more reading, um, for these young men and, you know, reading books. I think books, um, in addition to the Bible, also transform my life. Um, mm-hmm. um, um, fiction, nonfiction, self-development, you know, making sure you're always having something in the rotation that is helping to build um, the in the inner person. So, yes. um, so that's, that's, that, that would be my... Um, that w- that would be what I would say to young men. Be be um, what you want to see in the world, and then mm-hmm. your world will change. Yes, I love that, Sarah. I love that. I love that. And and I think really connected to to what you just said, um, in terms of recommendations for how um, men like you can uh, men who want to be similar to you in terms of faith, what they should do to grow. How are you continuing to, to grow and develop in your own faith? Uh, so I, I'm very um, intentional about um, my sacred time. I talked about that before with self-reflection. Mm-hmm. I'm big on um, documenting your experience of sacred time, so journaling, Um I'm an avid journaler. Um, I I I write down my reflection, and then the the powerful thing about that is that I believe 
transformation is um, accelerated when we document. Um, and and then we go back and reflect upon what we documented. So I wow. go back to some of my, <laughs> you know, so I go back and, and look at some of my journals and I'm like, wow. And I see how what mm. I wrote about has manifested itself in my life and what I prayed about and what I what I put on God's uh what I put on the altar. Um what I what I what I what I documented, I I watched those transformations happen and oftentimes I'll forget what I wrote in my journal, but when I go back and read it it was there, and um, and I think there's so much power in documenting your sacred moments. Like, what did I share with God? What was I struggling with? Um, what 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 did I what have I overcome that I was struggling with? Um, how heavy um, was the presence of God in this moment today? Um, where was my mind? Was I able to focus and be in the moment? And and soak in the present, you know, like those little nuances are important to document and to watch um, your growth. I mean, it's one thing when you, when we go to the gym, you are, we're always admonished to like document our. Um, I always take a, a gym selfie. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yes. So, uh huh. <laughs> so, so so why are we doing that in our spiritual yes. life? In our spiritual growth, you know what I mean? So let's. Let's Powerful. you know. Let's do that. You know. So I think that if we are intentional about that, then um, I think that's what really that's what's really helped me. And when I'm when I'm when I'm at my best, um, I'm there. And I and I watch I watched um, my life change at different intervals um, mm-hmm. when I was serious about um, self reflection and sacred time. That really blew my mind in a couple of different ways. And so I recently just finished a, a nine-month um, women's discipleship program at my church. And mm-hmm. it was an awesome experience. It was challenging in so many ways. I think it definitely stripped uh, things off of me that didn't serve me. And then what was mm-hmm. able to come to the top were – um, practices and habits that really brought me closer to being intimate with God. And one of the things that were part of the program was we had curriculum we had to follow. We had daily scriptures we had to read. There was daily journals where we had to reflect and think about what is God saying to me? What am I saying back mm-hmm. to God? Mm-hmm. And um, in the nine months, I am a totally different person totally yeah. different in terms of how I pursue challenges, how I see fear, how I face fear. Um, I, I actually had a recent test that I know nine months ago, um, nine months ago would have laid me out. Right. And then when I faced it now, I was like, mm, here's what I know. God is real, mm-hmm. <laughs> and faith is yeah. real, and devil, you gotta have, you're going to have to do better than that to, 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 to shift my energy and make me think mm-hmm. that this won't work out for my good. And so exactly. you really illuminated something powerful, and, and, and one kind of kudos to you, I, I know that when I was first in the process of, of starting to write a book, 
I had reached out to to you, and I know that you've written multiple books. And before we close up, I do want you to share your your books with our listener book titles with our listeners, so that they can check that out. And I remember you telling me about um, how the books came about through your reflection and your journaling um, and the work you did there. And the, mm-hmm. the what I actually just finished is something called the Fear Factor Journal, 21-day journal. Mm-hmm. That is um, – and, I, and I, it's interesting that that's what came about because I'm not really good at journaling consistently, but I know mm-hmm. about the power and the importance of journaling. And so mm-hmm. my hope with that work um, is that – people will be able to notate down their ahas, how God is speaking to them, how they Mm -hmm. have shifted in their thinking about faith, fear, and their business so that they can Mm -hmm. really, uh, so that they really can achieve the success that they want to achieve in their life. So Rad, what an awesome conversation we are having so far. (laughs) I knew this was going to be amazing. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Um, let's keep going. Normally I'll do like a musical break or something, but not today. I want to keep talking um, and and creating a space for you to share um, your amazing insight. Um, I know that you recently have launched a business. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, Would love for you to tell our listeners about that and just what your hopes and dreams are as it relates to your work. Right, so I I started a business um, called Davenport Strategic Innovation and Design. Um, I think I believe myself to, um, at the core, uh, not only be a teacher, but I, I believe that I'm an artist, and I think that um, I think that um, design is what creates efficiency, and design is what solves problems in life. And I think that I've applied that uh, methodology to everything I do. Um, You know, I started out my career in the technology field, so um, technology is is really about design. But even in um, education, I was able to take a lot of those concepts and principles and apply them to education and also um, policy construction, organizational design, um, and and systems engineering and also design thinking. So um, I've been doing that for a long time, but in my most recent capacity, I've been doing that more with regards to organizational design, systems engineering, creating systems that change um, institutions uh, and transform institutions such that they change outcomes at uh, what I call a population level, so at a, or what some people call population level, so not just helping one person at a time, but helping hundreds of hundreds of people at a time through basic design and system changes to organizations. And um, mm. and I've come up I've come up with a concept called uh, organizational thrive or OT. Um, and um, and it, it, OT is what I define as the zone. Like for athletes that are in competition, who um, uh, operate unconsciously at their most optimal level, and so mm. I believe that um, organizations, if they follow a process, um, a designed process through design thinking and systems engineering, can create outcomes in also their organizations 
can operate at optimal potential. Um, and and that is what we call OT or um, organizational organizational thrive. So we don't want our organizations, our institutions, to um, continue to have poor outcomes um, for people that are being served. We want them to be able to have um, great outcomes and change not one life but hundreds, thousands of lives at a time. So this um, this organization, I mean this um, business that I started, is really to work at every level of that, um, from um, the CEO down to the entry-level worker, um, making sure that everybody has this mindset that, you know, this organization can thrive. So, And that includes all aspects of design, not only just um, the thinking, but the space, the materials, the marketing materials, um, everything. Um, to make sure that organizations are operating at organizational thrive and working in the zone at their highest optimal potential. And um, and relentless use of data um, and technology. So um, that, that's, that's what that is all about. And I, and I think that, you know, God gave me that as a, as a purpose in my life after I've had a lot of these experiences and understanding mm-hmm. what my gifts are. I think my gifts, my gifts are often to take uh, large um, ideas or organizations from from A to infinity, right, um, mm-hmm. or beyond Z, as we learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I, think, I, I think I have a gift of process and facilitation that helps people to see in different dimensions such that they can do things uh, quite differently. So... Um, that's what it's all about. Um, that's what the business is about. So two things. So. First, congratulations, Boothang, first of all. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I wish you can see how I'm beaming over here and just so immensely proud of you and the work that you are doing and how God is using you. I, I am just so immensely proud um, and grateful to even know you and to know the work that you're doing and how you are truly impacting lives and impacting systems that will then continue to impact more people. So just so much pride, so much um, gratitude for you and what, what you do and your team. How has faith um, been something you've had to call on um, as you've launched your new business? Um, I I always have to um, understand that uh, a part of faith is waiting. A part mm. of faith, a part of faith is patience. A part of faith is writing the vision and making it plain and waiting for God to mobilize it and mobilize the people around the vision that he gave you. Mm. Um, And to understand that it's not in our timing, but it's in in God's timing. And um, I think that's what I've I've learned. And and the more, because I used to want to force things, you know, I wanted to have my 
I wanted to have my slide deck ready. I wanted to write a new book um, um, talking about organizational thrive and the whole process of organizational thrive. And, you know, God just made me slow down Mm. to really understand, you know, let it marinate, let it become a part of me. And I think that sometimes um, we want to move ahead of God and um, it, it, it allowed me to slow down. And when I slowed down, <laughs> then opportunities started to come. When I really began mm. to, like, let God be the lead on it, let God be in charge of it, and let, you know, him um, be the the CEO and me to be the steward of the vision that he gave me, you know. Um, that was awesome um, right there. Let him be the CEO and let me be the steward. That was powerful. Yeah, so when I did that, then Woo. things started happening. So things started happening. I would get calls and, and I would, you know, people would call me and they would be like, and they were like, um, we're going to offer you, you know, an, an honorarium. And I'm not even expecting things to happen. And, mm. you know, and so, like, you know, workshops, presentations. I had a um, full week. Um, presentation um, over the summer, so like, you know, it's it's um it's it's been a blessing when I when I recognize myself as the steward of the vision that He gave me. Mm. So you know, I love that. I love that. I love that. What would the Serrat of today tell the Serrat a decade ago about faith? Um, well, a decade ago, what was I? <laughs> I would, I would probably tell myself to, and often what I tell other young people who are coming of age is to, is to take your time, be patient, grow in grace. And allow God to to work on you, um, and um, now if you ask me 15 years ago, because I'm I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little older, so um, I think around <laughs> 10 years ago when I was I was I was a little more serious. I think I was for for a young for a young man. I think I was a, I was always my friends were always older than me. So I was mm-hmm. always, you know, slightly mature than those who were my age. So, but 15 years ago, I would say that I would say I would tell myself that um, you are not invincible, and mm. that, um, um, that you may not see it now, but you you can't do it by yourself, and you can't depend on your own strength. And the moment that you begin to depend on God for your strength, then mm. things will change for you, and you will um, you will be able to walk in your purpose when you decide to discontinue operating in your own understanding and your own strength. So if I could go back 15 years and tell myself that, um, then um, I think that would have been useful for me to know like that. Patient, strength, strength from God, and wisdom and understanding that in the grand scheme of things, 
uh, we, as, we as human beings are very fragile and that we mm. have to um, continue to depend on God at every moment and to be grateful for the moments that we have and to use them very wisely. Mm. Mm. What would you say is a scripture that has really grounded you and motivated you along the way as it relates to faith? Um, I mentioned a few earlier, which is, mm-hmm. you know, Matthew Matthew 6.33 is, you know, probably my go-to. You know, it's um, it, it, it demonstrates priority to say that at the end of the day, my priority in life is to diligently seek after God, to seek God and his righteousness and not to be in the pursuit of, of um, worldly things, um, there. So that's one. Um, there's another in uh, Romans, which is a powerful book that I often go to. Is um, Romans eight chapter one says, "There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit." Um, so when we do have this transformation we are able to make um, wise decisions not based on our own wisdom or knowledge, but based on the spirit that dwells in us. And we can operate Mm. in a sense of power uh, when we're willing to accept, you know, um, when we're willing to accept the Lord as our, as our, as our savior, when we accept and we can, we can become um, a part of this, this spirit or the spirit can become part of us and, and really make us come alive such that we can live purposeful um, as as new creatures and to have a new life. Um, so um, those, are, those are a few. Um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse verse 5, lean not to your own understanding is powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the first psalm is, is powerful. Um, Blessed is man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, um, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Um, that's another great one that I go to a lot. Um, my 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 favorite psalm. I did my initial sermon off of um, the seventy third psalm. It said, um, "It says for God is good to Israel and those who are of a pure heart." And then it says that. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. Mm. Why well, envy the proud? And so uh, this psalm by Asaph goes into how he began to envy those who didn't necessarily have great character but had all of the things that one would want in the world. And he almost slipped because he almost began to believe that that was um, – an appropriate way to live um, ethically in the world um, and outside of the judgment of God. So that 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 scripture really changed my life because I think that was that's a testament for a lot of us. Like, how do we exist with all of these systemic forces that are against us, um, and how do we continue to live um, morally um, and just lives in the midst of injustice? that can give people the idea that it doesn't make, you know, 
to question the benefit of doing right the way that, you know, sometimes uh, institutions, systems, and agencies work um, in this country and the world and for, for people of color. And um, so that transformed my life and made me think that, you know what, regardless, I have to be accountable for my actions. And, um, and there is a way to deal with issues of justice, uh, to, a way to deal with issues of righteousness, while at the same time um, having the moral um, higher ground. Martin Luther King, this is not scripture, this is Martin Luther King's is the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. So um, mm. that's, that's me. I love it, Sarad, I love it. What I am sad about is our, our show is um, having to come to a close very soon, but not before we do two things. So one thing that I have all of my guests do is answer our light questions. And then mm-hmm. after we do that, I'm going to ask that you share how our listeners can stay in contact with you. But before we jump into the light questions um, and just uh, sharing ways to stay connected, we're going to take a really, really quick musical break, um, and then we'll okay. finish up. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Audacity, Audacity to Shine with Coach Falanda show here on the Life Coach Radio Network. If you have been listening in, you know that we've had a breathtaking and amazing, incredible conversation today with Sarah Davenport, all about how faith works and how it has the ability to transform our lives. We're going to jump into our shine, our light questions next before we finish up our show. Sarad, are you ready for these? I'm ready. No pressure, but are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) So the first question, what does freedom mean to you? Freedom is, for me, very simply agency and understanding that and knowing and embodying the fact that I have power to change not only myself, but anything that is around me. And the reason why I say that is because um, a lot of people don't understand that we have to tap into that which God gave us that no one can take away. So if I understand that I belong to God and because I belong to God I am free, then Mm. I can exist. I can exist in freedom regardless of the circumstances that other people try to impose on me. I am free. And by the very nature of me embodying, acknowledging, and exuding my freedom, other people will have to recognize and understand that I am already free. You are here on Earth too. Um, I am on. He, I am here on Earth to 
lead people to their potential. Mm. Um, I, I feel like I, I feel like I, I see myself as a guide and a person that can be uh, one that people can um, use to to help them on on their on their journey. I think I'm, I'm more Socratic in my method. I ask more questions than I have answers. Usually, when talking to people and then, and doing that, I think that that often leads people to find out their own individual purpose. So I, I love. I believe I'm on Earth to. Um, help guide people to live to their fullest potential um, while while they are um, here on this earth. I believe my job is to to, to help people move toward their, their full potential. I am grateful for? I am grateful for, this is a hard one. I, I looked at this one. I am grateful for... Um, I'm grateful for my my transformation. I'm grateful mm. for uh, for God coming into my life and helping me to understand that um, there is more. And, and to and to, I'm grateful for my salvation. It helps me to reconcile my reality because sometimes reality can be difficult to reconcile in our lives, but. You know, my salvation has allowed me to reconcile my reality and understand that regardless of what it looks like, um, God is still um, in control and God Mm. is still sovereign and has authority over the affairs um, of the earth and the universe. Mm. How do you keep the faith despite challenges? I believe my challenges uh, help me to activate my faith. So uh, I believe that, that, that challenges, because of my transformation, I believe that challenges have come to um, help me to grow, and they help me to activate my faith um, in, their, in their helpful in my um, self-reflection to, you know, direct my faith towards those things that are challenging me in my in my life, in every aspect, um, I, I now have an anchor in in the midst of storms that can that can help me through those challenges, and I and I lean on that anchor when those challenges occur, and I and I didn't have that when I was depending on my own strength and my own understanding. Mm-hmm. And our last question: What truth do you know for sure? What I know for sure. And um and I and I wish I wish I could just give it to people, but it has to be <laughs> something that people want. I know that God is real. Mhm. I know that God is real and I feel it deep within me. And I and I and I sometimes ask God, Why don't you just give it to everybody? You know? <laughs> and um and and I, and I guess the question back, well, the, the the what I hear back is is that people have to want it, you know, and um and but I know for sure based on you know my life and what I've been through and um, what I've been able to overcome is that if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, 
I don't know where I would be. So mm. I know for sure that, that God is real. God is present and active in the world even today. And and I feel his presence and I see his move every day in my life. I know that for sure. Sarad, thank you. What an awesome show in just illuminating what faith is and how faith works. To our our listeners tuning in, I hope that you enjoyed this past hour with us um, and that you found this show to be engaging, enlightening, and food for your soul. Sarad, how can the listeners Stay connected to the work that you're doing. I also want you to share your book titles with them so that if they are interested, they can just um, continue to hear just your awesome testimony and your your words of, of, of action. All right. Um, well, a way to connect, uh, of course, is um, I'm on Twitter at S-D-A-V-E-N-P-O, so S-D-A-V-E-N-P-O um, on Twitter. It's my Twitter handle. Um I'm on uh, Instagram, I think it's Focused630, uh, Focused630, F-O-C-U-S-E-D-630. So I'm there. I'm, of course, on Facebook. You can look me up that way. The website for um, Davenport Strategic Innovation um, and Design is um, uh, dsidllc.com. Um, if you go now, this is something that's new. If you go to TNT Drama, you go to the website and you look up um, Neighborhood Session, the most recent session with the um, Dave Matthews Band. Um, there's a feature. Um, uh, I have a pretty significant role in that feature, so I think it'll be up. It came on last Sunday on TNT Drama, so you can go check it out and kind of see what I'm yes. up to um, in the community down here. So. Um, so that's on TNT Drama. I think it's the online archive is on TNT Drama now. So, um, And then the books. So I have three books. One is called Rites of Passage, The Courage to Think and Speak. That was my first book. My second book is How to Make It a 40-Day Transformational Devotional. Um, and then my most recent book was The Necessity of Worship, um, Finding Meaning in a Chaotic World. And all of those books are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble's, Um, Or you can reach out to me directly, and I'll be happy to uh, mail you a copy. Yes, look into what Sarad is doing. He is awesome. I just um, was reading your transformational journal um, yesterday, Sarad. I was like, yes, Sarad, this is awesome. (laughs) So so thank you for for the work that you're doing. Um, Before we close up, I do want to share some exciting news to our listeners. So um, Mm -hmm. over the past six months, I have been podcasting and and leading my own show um, and have really, really grown to love it. Um, And God gave me the desire to launch um, my own radio network on Blog Talk Radio. And so my new network is called Brave Entrepreneur Radio Network, and the official launch of the new network will be October 1st. I'm really, really excited. Um, And our hope here at the Brave Entrepreneurial Radio Network is to bring uplifting and inspiring programming to Christian entrepreneurs that will give them the tools needed to design, launch, and lead their Christ-centered business. And so this show the Audacity to Shine with Coach Philanda show will now be broadcasted on that radio network, Brave Entrepreneur Radio Network. 
And I'm also really excited to preparing to be preparing to launch a new show that has the same title as my um, upcoming book, Every Place. And on the show, Every Place, which will launch um, in early 2017, I will feature entrepreneurs who are um, have done the work to design, launch, and lead their Christ-centered business. And the show will feature them. They will have the opportunity to talk about the work that they're doing in their business and how they have seen the importance of making sure that they work in alignment to their master purpose and God's plan for their lives. And so on my October 1st show, I'm excited to have Contessa Louise Cooper um, to be my guest. And the topic of our show will be the power of our story. And she will talk with us about just how we tune in to our unique and inspiring story and how do we stand courageously in the world willing to share our experience to benefit others. So to my listeners, you will not want to miss the show. You will not find me on the Life Coach Radio Network anymore, but you can find me on the Brave Entrepreneur Radio Network. Um, I would just love to share just so much gratitude and appreciation for Russ Terry and his team at the Life Coach Radio Network. And so for more information on the Life Coach Radio Network, please visit lifecoachradionetworks.com. For more information on my new network, a place to visit is our Facebook group, Brave Entrepreneur Radio Network. Please join the new site um, and just continue to get information about the exciting work. And I like to call it the ministry that we're doing in just supporting and empowering Christian entrepreneurs. Sarad, I love you so deeply. Thank you for your time today and just for sharing all that you are and all that you know with our listeners. I love you back. Thank you. <laughs> to our listeners and to until next time, be brave, shine bright.